What's up, guys? I'm Lisa Bulu. We're here in Vegas for P1440 event, and today's Woman of Impact puts badassery on a whole new level. In fact, if you looked up it in the dictionary, her face would be right there as the definition. <laughs> While in college, feeling lost, she took a part-time gig as an octagon girl to make ends meet. That, combined with a trip to her homeland, Thailand, reignited her passion for karate, and she finally saw an opportunity to put her black belt she had achieved as a child to good use. Just one problem. At the time, there weren't any female MMA fighters, so her dreams were shut down. And not just shut down, they were laughed at. Well, what people didn't realize was that she was channeling Danielson from Karate Kid. Every laugh, every rejection, every disbelief was her wax on and her wax off. The naysayers were just pouring fuel onto her already desired fire. And, well, the rest is history. So, guys, I'm excited to introduce to you one of the world's top female fighters, a woman whose strength goes way beyond just the physical, a woman whose true beauty shines way beyond the surface, a woman who can have the strength to fight fist to fist and get punched in the face over and over again one minute, yet be the most gentle human and utter softy when you see her with her adorable daughter the next minute. The woman known as the karate hottie, the one and only Michelle Watterson. Aww. What's up, homegirl? Thank you for that introduction. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so much fun researching you. You've got a mate, like, watching your fights and watching your interviews was absolutely incredible. It was so much fun for me. Um, and the one thing I want to start with, I had mentioned in the intro, mm -hmm. is you had a lot of people just laughing at you when you said you wanted to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. Um, now, it's already hard for anybody to go into something and have people not believing in you. Yeah. Um, but it's a whole other thing where you wanted to go into an industry that didn't really exist. Yeah. So what did you tell yourself to keep going and not go, well, it's not for me, it's not possible, mm -hmm. which a lot of people do, right? Yeah. Um, what did you tell yourself? I, I feel like MMA in general is um, still very taboo. Um, and so when I started fighting, this was a over a decade ago, and um, I just... I had this deep burning desire to, pr to pursue it. Like it was something that was in my heart, in my mind. And, you know, it's just like something that constantly is eating at you. It's like you try to forget about it and it doesn't work. Um, I grew up doing martial arts. And, and like you said, I was an octagon girl. I was, I was going to college. I, I, you know, I was, I was very academically driven. Um, and um, I was good at school. It just, I just wasn't happy. And um, I felt like I was just kind of zoned out going to school not making any friends just kind of living day to day and I didn't I just it didn't feel like that's how life should be you know going to university is traditional but that doesn't mean that I have to 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 follow that path in order to be successful I thought that I'd do step one step two step three to be successful and this just wasn't the case and martial arts was my passion so that's what I decided to pursue and and I told myself if I'm going to pursue this then I'm going to be successful in it and I just have to be confident in my pursuit of of my passion was that a driving force for you like okay if I'm going to do this I don't want to fail so I'm going to just push as hard as possible yeah, for sure. Because especially coming from a traditional, you know, Asian culture, my mom was very, I, I don't want to say it, but yeah, pretty judgmental. You know, it's like you, you go to school and you become a nurse or a doctor or, and, um, 
you know, I, I had the grades and the smarts to do it, but it's just not what made me happy. So going from, you know, a really pre- prestigious college to dropping out and pursuing my fight career, it's like, what are you doing? All my aunts were like asking my mom, like, what is she doing? You know, <laughs> she can be doing so much other thing. What, you know, and so um, they were just all really confused and um, they just thought I went crazy. Yeah. You know? And the same here, growing up in a Greek traditional family, it was you're going to get married, you're going to have kids and you're going to support your husband. Yeah. Um, so there's so many people out there, I think right now they're in that same situation. And the fact that you were doing so well at school, I think must have, did it make it harder for you? Because it wasn't like you were failing. Yeah. Because if you're failing, you're like, well, if I'm going to fail at something, I may as well fail at something exactly. I love to do. Yeah. Um, but you were doing very well. Yeah, but I wasn't though. You know, Mentally. I exactly like I was doing okay, but like, what what is a life worth living if you're going through it, just going through the motions, and you're, you know, your eyes are glossed over, and you're you're a zombie, and you're not living the life that you want to live? Like, it, it, what's the point of living? Yeah. You know, and it's something that Jay Shetty said. You know, um, when you're talking about girls now that are they're looking to figure out what they want to do in life and what what they want to be and what they want to pursue it's like you can't can't be what you can't see is what he always says right and so you know I, I'm, I'm more than happy to be something that these little girls can see that's amazing so when you put yourself out there you're trying something new um, it can be quite fun you can put yourself in quite a vulnerable position right mm-hmm. because you're now saying like yeah girls can fight too and you get in the octagon like do you do you have to switch off a part of you so that you don't then stay vulnerable in the octagon versus outside of the octagon? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's in everybody that decides to fight. There's that fight or flight instinct, right? So when you step into the octagon, you're going to realize who you are. Are you a fighter? Are you like, oh, I don't want to be here and, you know, fly away. But I'm definitely a fighter. Like I see blood and I go. Um, I get pushed up against the wall and I go. Um, and maybe that might have something to do again with my upbringing my mom being very like judgmental (laughs) and um she's very critical and um and um I think that fed my fuel it kind of put a chip on my shoulder and so even in the fight career it's like all right well you put a chip on my shoulder I'm just you know I'm not gonna fight it I'm gonna see it as a challenge oh you don't think I can do it all right that's a challenge to me and I'm gonna show you that I can that's amazing. Mm. How do you use that chip to then fuel you? Because I think sometimes people have a chip on their shoulder and it mm. can destroy them. Yeah. Right? They get so angry that they can't see straight, that they then make bad decisions and you end up seeing them actually it being worse for them. Yeah. But for somebody like you, that chip is super freaking powerful. I think it's just your outlook on life. Um, life is hard life is unfair you're not going to go through life unscathed and so you can either embrace your adversities your challenges or you can fight them and um either way you're working hard towards either going up or or digging your yourself in your grave because when you win you really don't sit back and do any introspective thought i mean you should but but when you lose is when you're really like oh what did i it was that it was that you know that churro that I had last week or you know oh I I didn't train I need to go back and train six times a day instead of five times a day and I need to do this and you just start like going back and try to pick apart everything that happened in your camp in your life and um I've done that I remember sitting back and talking to my coach and telling him well maybe if I did this and he said peanut stop 
you were stressing yourself out about something that happened in the past. It was a moment. It was a moment that you messed up. A moment that you went left when you should have went right. That, but you're taking away from all the good things that happened in that fight. You're taking away from all the good things that happened in your camp. You're taking away from all the things that you've actually grown on and developed on. You keep focusing on this one moment and it's going to tear you apart. You need to accept the fact that it happened and move on. And um, that, that was huge for me because he was right. It was like, yeah, like it was a hiccup. And it doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make you any less of a fighter. It just was a moment that you messed up. And you need to accept it as that and move on. Do you do that in your, um, in your life as well? So not just in fighting? Yeah, for sure. I think it's easier said than done. Connor is the best example of it. It's like he just lost under the, the brightest lights. And the, the very next day he's at the Cowboys game, you know, having a, having a good old time. Because he understands that win or lose, he's still moving forward. Mm. You know, like his trajectory is still forward. And that's what I try to tell some of my teammates that, that are struggling with loss and failure is that you're still climbing. Even though you fail, it doesn't mean that you, you like you tumbled all the way down the mountain. You're still climbing forward. Now, if you didn't take the fight because you're too scared, that's when you start to move backwards. If you didn't take the chance, if you didn't take the risk, that's when you should be mad at yourself. You shouldn't be mad at yourself for falling, for failing, for trying. It's like, hey, you got to commit, you know. And a lot of times, so much of us are on this kind of halfway in, halfway out type like personality or type attitude about the things that they want to pursue. And it's something I tell my daughter all the time. It's like, you know, like you can dream about that. And I want you to have amazing dreams and, um, um, you know, all these amazing goals. But you have to understand that in order to, to reach these goals, you have to put in action. Like, I think that's the, the part that a lot of people are missing is the action. And, and maybe the understanding that it's not going to take one day mm. to become successful it's going to take you know i've been fighting professionally for over a decade i've been doing martial arts for over 20 years and and still now i feel like i've just barely scratched the surface you know like and to understand that concept i think is very important yeah so has have you been in the situation i know your daughter's still young but where she's just like i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and mm -hmm. you're trying to teach her the lesson yeah um so what do you do do you force her to do something if yeah. she doesn't want to do it yeah I say, you don't have a choice. Go put your leotard on. We're going to gymnastics. Right. <laughs> and do you and explain I tell, why? Yeah, I tell her, baby, you're probably tired right now, mm -hmm. but you're going you're gonna to be more proud of yourself that you went to practice tired and went through the whole practice than if you had a good day at practice and you just went. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll tell her those things. I'll tell her that there are going to be good days and then there are going to be hard days and that she has to get through it all. Yeah. Like I tell her that she can't start something and not finish it. Like, those are very important things that she has to learn. But also, she sees me do it. She's seen me fail bad. You know, she's seen me break my hands, break my nose, have black eyes to the point I can't open my eyes. And she's seen me go to the gym on Monday and continue to train. Yeah. Um, I heard an interview with Nastia Luke, and we had her on one of our shows, and she's a gymnast. And mm -hmm. she basically said that when she was younger, she wanted to quit. Mm -hmm. And when she would have really bad days, she would fail, she would do certain things, and she would go home crying to her mom, and she would say, like, Mom, I just want to quit. Mm -hmm. And she said, I tell you what, you can quit the day you have a great day. 
And every time she had a great day, she didn't want to quit. Exactly. So it was like, that's so that's amazing. Yeah. That's a great thing for a mother to say. I just always tell my, she tries to come up with the most like crazy excuses. And I think that's kind of where my, my hardness comes from my mom. I'll, I'll, I use that as parenting now. I'll look at her and I'll be like, are you okay though? Like, and she'll be like, well, you know, and I'm like, but did you die? And it's like a joke because she'll crack up laughing. But then she's like, no. And I'm like, all right, then mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah. Like you're going to have bad days. Um, you know, there's the fighting is incredible highs, but also in, in very, very, very low lows because you're putting yourself out there for the world to see you potentially fail, you know, and in the worst ways knocked out getting submitted your you know blood everywhere and um so that um that's scary um but an image that i have is just of like the lotus flower you know and it growing through the mud and it being submerged in water and dirt and trying to to come up for air you know so i think about that every time I'm going through something as embracing the the challenge as um, my roots. You know, like these are my roots that are growing. These is, this is the foundation that's going to allow me to to grow above the surface. You know, that's amazing. How much did you use visualization to get you where you want to go? A lot. You know, I think the, the mind is a very powerful tool. Um, they say in fighting that. Fight, uh, the fight is either won or lost before you ever steps into the octagon, right. and it's very true. You can be a hundred percent prepared physically, but if you're you're not there mentally, then you've already lost the fight. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in your skills, your your abilities, um, if you have any seed of doubt, that seed of doubt will grow. It's like doubt is like a weed. You know, it it'll grow, and. Um, so you have to be strong mentally and and the way you do that is is through exercise the same way you exercise your body physically you have to exercise your mind mentally and it takes time and it takes practice yeah that's amazing um all right, i want to move on to identity now because i can only imagine i'm purely assuming right now but there's one identity when you walk into the octagon mm-hmm. and you're like super intense yeah. when you walk go into that octagon um <laughs> But then I see you with your daughter and you're like, a comp- it seems like you're a completely different human being. Mm-hmm. And there's like these two sides to yeah. you. And I just watched, you just lost the fight and then your daughter comes in and she's crying. You're like, mommy's okay. And you've just been beaten. You've like, you know, bruised, I'm sure, in pain. And you've got like this little girl that you're now super sweet and soft. How do you navigate both of those and how do you deal with your own identity in one aspect and then in the other that situation that's the first time she'd ever seen me like that um and i i had to kind of swallow my my initial feelings which was to go in the corner and cry and and be upset and and it was a real it was really a teaching moment for both of us how do i balance between being a mother and a fighter well i i accept both roles you know, I think that too many of us feel like we have to fit into just one person. Like, and that's like trying to tell somebody to, you know, create this beautiful masterpiece with just a red crayon. You know, like, no. Like, we are diverse, complex human beings. And it's okay to embrace every part of it. It's okay for me to embrace my motherly side. And it's okay for me to embrace my warrior side. And, and I think that 
too much of us feel like we have to be only one or only the other. No, like life is about a balance. Life is about the yin and the yang. There's so many people that try to like fight, you know, what they are and it, it ends up biting them in the butt because no, like you have to, you have to embrace all of it. Like you can't like shy away from this whole other part of you. Like you have to embrace it. Have you always been like that or did you learn that over time as you were getting, as you were pregnant and had your baby? Like, was that an evolution for you or did it come naturally? I feel like it's an evolution and it's definitely still something I'm working on. But again, going back to like, why can't I? Why can't I be a loving mom and a vicious warrior in the octagon, you know? Yeah, yeah. How do you then cultivate it? Like, do you talk to yourself? Do you tell yourself that phrase of, like, why can't I? Mm -hmm. Or the other, like, tactics and tricks other people can use in their own life that you do? In fighting, if you have to tell yourself to throw the kick or you have to tell yourself to move out of the way, by the time you've told yourself to do that, it's too late. Mm -hmm. And so you really want to to practice being in the moment but how do you be in the moment and still execute the technique and it's that mental practice right so um what i do with my sports psychologist is we have we have a set of power words and um so one word encompasses not just that certain word but a lot of things it encompasses like an idea uh so one of one of the words that i draw on especially in this last fight was vicious in saying vicious it's not just it's not just a word it's um it's a concept it's it's a feeling it's a sense it's it's what i feel when when my glove hits you know hits skin it's what i feel when i step into the octagon and my heart is racing it's what i smell when i when I'm close to my opponent and I'm ground and pounding, all these things make it real and it allows me to practice being vicious in my mind. So when I'm in sparring session and I want to want to be vicious, I tell myself in my mind vicious and I throw the punch as hard as I can in when in a mitt session and I feel that snap and that feeling connects with the word. And then, you know, so if I'm if I'm going for a shot and I take my opponent down and and I tell myself vicious and I start throwing round and pound and that feeling connects with the word. I love that. And you do it time and time again so it becomes a habit so that like Bruce Liu says, you don't think kick, you just kick. You just kick. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I want to talk about the mind-body connection because I think that is so important. I think no matter what um, arena you're in, whether it's um, a sport or whether it's, you know, you're a lawyer, I think having a connection between your mind, the stress, the pressure that you're on, and then how your body reacts is so powerful. Um, obviously, in your position, it's even more so. So when you're trying to cut weight, for instance, um, your body may be telling you you shouldn't be this weight or you shouldn't be not drinking water or, you know, having sodium, whatever it is. Mm. How do you power through it? Do you have mantras or things that you say to yourself to get through it? Um, because I just think that anyone, when they're stuck in a situation and their body's telling them one thing, mm-hmm. they almost succumb to it. Yeah. But you can't if you're about to fight. You either make weight or you don't. Yes. As a fighter, there are only certain things that you really have to do. You know, you have to train, you have to show up and make weight and then you have to fight so um like in in my mind that is just like a half two i have to make the weight no matter what the weight has to be made that's my responsibility as a fighter and your nutrition is just as important as your training 
just like your mental practice is just as important as your physical practice. Your nutrition, like it's it's just like the fuel that you put into your into your car to go for a race. It's like your nutrition is the fuel that you use to fight, and you want to give yourself the best fuel. And and that's how I look at it because I am definitely a foodie. I love to eat. <laughs> I was telling everybody else that we were we went to the um, the fair two weeks before my fight, and I was dying because I could smell churros and funnel cake and turkey legs and I you couldn't have any of that but, but I'm going to push you on that you could have it you just chose not exactly, to exactly you're right but that's the thing some people will be like <laughs> screw it I'm going to start next Monday <laughs> like how do you go I'm just not going to succumb to this choice because because that fuel is no good for my training and the understanding that is it makes it an easy choice. It's like, well, you're going to feel like crap when you go into training tomorrow because that churro is going to stick in your gut and you're probably going to end up throwing it up in between rounds, you know? So it makes it that easy. It makes it easy if, if you put it in that mindset. So I think it's the mindset, right? So, so if you don't have anything coming up like a fight and you're trying to get in better shape, then the mindset is what is good for your body? You know what I mean? It might taste good at that moment. But even 20 minutes after you're done eating it, you're not going to feel good. You know, the next day you're not going to feel good. And the future you is not going to like you very much. <laughs> I like that. They're going to be mad that you had that. They're going to be, they're, they're yelling at you already. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Um, I just think it's definitely hard in those situations, especially for, you know, a, a Taipei like yourself. You, mm-hmm. We were talking earlier and saying like most people in, um, in the sport that you're in are all in. Like yes. they're, you can be obsessed. So if you're going to fight, you're going to freaking go in, you're going to dedicate, you're going to spend that time. Um, sometimes that can serve you, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, you can win a championship or you can win a fight. And other times it can actually can be extremely detrimental yes. to you. Um, do you have that? And then how do you navigate, okay, this is part of my personality that is working for me and can hold me back? Yeah, I definitely have that go big or go home um, mentality. And it has kicked to my butt for sure. Um, the last time, and I'm, I'm also an emotional eater, but I remember um, the last time I think it was like, it was the worst because I had lost my fight at 105. And I was so sad and I was so lost and I was so depressed that I just ate and ate and ate and nothing seemed to fill that void that I felt in my gut. And um, I went from from fighting at 105 to the a week later being at 140. Whoa! Yeah, and it my it just threw my body completely out of whack, and I couldn't get my body down because I went from going to 105 where my body was thinking, oh my gosh, starvation mode basically, mm-hmm. to okay, we got food, we're gonna hold on to this, and um, that's when I realized like I can't do this to myself, I can't. I can't keep yo-yoing. It's not healthy. It's not a healthy lifestyle. It's not, you know, it's not comfortable. It's not good for me now. It's not good for me in the future. And um, that's when I realized, like, I should have more discipline than this. This is my career. This is my profession. I'm a martial artist. Martial arts is not a seasonal sport. It's a way of life. And when I when I sat down and thought about it that way, it's a way of life. And um, really understanding how to respect my body and um what i'm putting into my body i think is when when the switch flipped i was eating healthy 80 percent of the time and if i wanted a cookie then i would eat a cookie and i wouldn't feel guilty about it and you know if i wanted a piece of cake then i would have a piece of cake and i wouldn't feel guilty about it and that flip that switch 
has has been incredible because now it's like I want to eat healthy because it's good for me. It, it tastes better. It, it's better fuel for when I'm training, and um, it, it's better for my lifestyle. How much do you think then, or how much do you use your daughter and your husband as motivation to push yourself when things are tough? Um, they're they're my everything. You know, they I I couldn't be where I am today without them. Uh, before Araya was born, mar- like fighting was kind of something like, okay, I'm young, martial arts is my passion, this is something I'm going to pursue. We'll see how it goes, you know. When I was pregnant and trying to figure out if fighting was still something I was going to do after I had Araya is when I had to make some tough decisions because I felt like, all right, now you're going to be a mom. Now you're responsible for this human being for the rest of your life. Is fighting something that you can do to provide for your family? Is fighting something you're going to want to do after you have your daughter? You know, is, is, will, will the outside world accept you for being a fighter and a mother? There were all these, like, unknown questions. And um, I still had that empty feeling in my heart that, like, something was unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to continue to pursue it. And um, in making that decision, I, I, I told myself that if you were going to continue with your fight career, it, you, have to, you have to do it in a way that makes a mark. Because you're not just going to do it and sacrifice all this time away from your family and sacrifice you know, all these things for nothing. So I lean on them always, 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 always. Take me through then um, how you processed when you were pregnant, if I should go back to fighting. Because I think nowadays in today's society, and me, myself, I've had to go through this Mm -hmm. evolution, is... I thought I was going to have kids my entire life and then I found my career and I was so passionate and loving it so much that I've decided to not have children. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a hard decision. And even on the flip side of it, it's saying, okay, I love my daughter. I desperately um, want to be there for her. But this is, you even said, there's this part of me that still feels empty. Mm-hmm. How did you discover that and not feel guilty about feeling like that because that was something I definitely struggled with I feel guilty not having kids I feel guilty having kids (laughs) like so um so yeah take me through like what is that thought process that you had to go through to then embrace you know what I'm going back in the octagon I think that was a really hard time I mean a lot of people talk about having postpartum depression um I feel like I was more depressed during my pregnancy some women, when they get pregnant, they continue on with their career. I can't go in the, I can't go to work. I can't go in the sparring. And right. <laughs> um, so I was really lost. And I remember going into the gym and seeing my teammates getting better and feeling like, uh, like frustrated and and sad and 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 confused and not knowing what to do. Um, and. Uh, it wasn't until after I had my daughter that I that I was like, okay, I had a bit of myself back, you know, in that um, I could do this. And you have these these battles in your mind. It's like, well, you're supposed to be mom, and but what about you? Like, what about your wants and what about your desires? Like, because being a fighter is very selfish mm. sport. Like, you have it, it, it's a 
it's just you in the octagon and you have to focus on what you're going to do so you don't get pummeled in the face you know but being a mother is very selfless like you have to dedicate everything to your children you have to give your all to your children i think what helped me get over that guilt was the fact that our children learn through example you know our our children it's like it's monkey see monkey do right so if I didn't pursue my dream because I had her, what kind of message am I sending her? Wow, I love that. And um, I think just also including her in on my journey. Like, she's a part of my journey. It's not mommy's journey, you know. Like, she's in my corner. She's she's helping me train. She's helping me get ready for this big fight. And I think in doing that, I feel less guilty because she's a part of it. And it, it's a part of her journey as much as it is a part of mine. Wow, that really hit me really hard. I really that was powerful. Um, I want to talk because you, um, your husband trains you or helps train you, correct? Uh-huh. Um, and the one thing um, that I'm finding a lot in today's society is a lot of couples now are becoming business partners, mm-hmm. and they're really going into endeavors together. Yes. And I'm fascinated talking about this. My <laughs> husband is my business partner as well, and it's a real navigation. Oh my goodness, you have no idea. Oh, you so, do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm not in a ring, you know, or an octagon getting punched in the face, uh-huh. and my husband's, you know, maybe saying to me like up your hand or like fight back or um but how do you navigate that because what i find interesting is if he's telling you you're not doing it right or you're you should do this how do you separate this is my coach telling me versus Mm -hmm. this is my husband telling me he's looking at me like yeah how do you do that (laughs) because it's still like you said it's still like it's still a process for sure because the things that he says to me i take differently than when my coach tells me and um, um, it's one of those things like I have to really kind of not look at him as my husband when he's training me and look at him as my trainer and and the the truth is I know he has um, my best interests at heart because he's my husband and I know this is this is what helps me when it comes to that is that I know if he had a choice it would be him in the ring taking the punches than me I know if he had a choice, he would not want to see me get punched in the face and choked out and kicked unconscious. It breaks his heart to see that because he's my protector. He he wants to protect me from everything in life. So when he's coaching me, I have to really take into consideration what he's saying so that because I know that's the only way he feels that like he can protect me in the in the octagon is to train me and prepare me the best way he can so that I don't get hurt. So I found it very difficult of yeah. like, he's my business partner versus he's my husband. Mm-hmm. I've learned to really go into different spaces. Yeah. So, okay, when I walk into this room, mm. it's now our office. So he's my business partner. So any emotion I feel, I'm like, Lisa, you've got to bury it. That's the wife speaking. And so I'm very visual like that. Yeah. Um, do you find that at home and you're the gym where you train? Or is it because, like, do you intersect both i do think that the more we've been working together the more um it's important to like you said section it off um also too because probably you you as well like have a very strong personality so it's like the personality you are when your boss is different from the personality you are when your wife and that's probably something that he's probably having to deal with is that 
when I'm wife, I'm like, okay, babe, you do whatever you want. La, la, la. And then when I'm like fighter, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it that way, you know, because I'm the fighter. Um, and so it is a navigation through it all. And I think that we've, we've managed to, to figure it out. But I, I do think that, um, I do think that understanding that there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. And, and even in being a parent, right? Like I, I have to, when I'm in the gym, I have to completely focus on being a fighter and, and winning the fight. And when I'm home, I have to, I have to make a conscious decision to leave my fight brain at the gym and be mommy and, and cuddle with Araya and, and take time to, te- you know, to go through her homework with her and to ask her about her day and stuff like that. Is there any type of transition then you do? Because it's more than just the mind, right? It's more than just, okay, it, I'm with my daughter, I'm at work, mm-hmm. you know, um, because there's chemicals in your body, especially when it comes to aggression and then nurturing. I mean, mm-hmm. those are two very different chemicals that are pumping in your body using different parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do anything like, do you stop and take a deep breath? Is there anything that you actively do to your body to make that change over? I don't think so. We were talking about this before the podcast, but mothers are naturally warriors you know they're naturally protectors because they have to ensure that their children live on you know and so people are always asking me like isn't it weird like aren't you scared for her to like be some certain way when you you allow her to come with you to the fights and and see you fight like you you really want to see you like hurt somebody or get hurt yourself and um I, I, I guess I just don't look at it like that. I look at it as I'm not going to shield you from from the world that we live in. I'm going to expose you to it, and then I'm going to guide you along the way. How do you really focus when, in fact, how do you focus when your daughter is at a match or a, a fight? Um because I'm just, I'm really, really fascinated, as mm-hmm. you probably can tell, of, of like the dual elements of you and what you have to bring to the table as a wife, as a mother, as a fighter, as, you know, it being your career. Yeah. So your daughter's there. Um, do you think about her when she's in the audience? Or do you have to literally shut that off? I think you do. You have to shut it off. It's kind of like what we are talking about earlier as far as... Um, if you're thinking about something, then it's too late. If my mind is thinking about her, mm. then I'm not focused on what's in front of me. I'm not focused on the person that's trying to take my head off. And that's what I need to be focused on. And so I know that ultimately when I'm focused on that, then everything else is okay. Mm. You know, so I have to be zeroed in um, on my opponent and being in the moment. Yeah, that's so impressive Mm -hmm. because I think it's very hard for people to be extremely mindful in certain situations Mm -hmm. and not get distracted by the outside noise or the voices in the head saying, you know, my daughter's watching or things like that. Do you have a voice in your head that you ignore, that you try to dim, that you try to shut your nodding? Of course, (laughs) of course. I think everybody does. And I don't know what it is. but we all have those battles inside our mind, and um, that is the biggest—that is the biggest challenge, really. It's not, I, I don't fight because I enjoy, you know, putting you know pain on my opponent. I don't fight because I enjoy seeing blood, blah 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 blah. I I fight because it strengthens my inner voice 
you know, it, it, it allows me to overcome the, the, the self-doubt. It allows me to overcome my fears. It allows me to overcome personal obstacles. And that's why I fight. Not because I, I enjoy hurting the person in front of me. It's because I enjoy overcoming the internal battles that I have within myself. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll ever um, stop the voice completely? No, and I don't think that you you should, right? Because there's always going to be the internal balance, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, that there needs to be a balance. There can't be any good without any evil, no no day without night, you know, no love without hate. There has to be a balance. You can't always completely shut that off. You have to be aware of it, and you have to 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 challenge it every time it's there. Yeah. You need a villain in your life, you do. right? Everyone, you, yeah. you need a villain, otherwise life is boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of villains, let's talk about superheroes. Um, I'm obsessed with them. Um, what is your superpower if you had to choose one? I would say the ability to flow. Like life is about seasons. Life is about the ups and the downs. It's a roller coaster. And then having the ability to to flow with it and to roll with the punches and to and to really embrace that process I would say is my superpower that's amazing and for the people watching can you tell them where they can find you online they can follow you um I'm probably most active on Instagram and my Instagram is karate hottie MMA but my husband just put together a pretty awesome website and it's michellewatersonmma.com so if you want to go check out the website there's pictures from my last fight and links to all my different social media handles and and all that good stuff That's amazing. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This woman here is so incredible. Beyond, like, if you watch her fights, oh, my God, mind-blowing. But beyond that, the strength that this woman has on her mindset to get her through the hard times, to get her through those difficult times, to overcome the obstacles, it's absolutely incredible. You've got to go check her out. I've learned so much in just, like, these last few days where I've been soaking up everything she's (laughs) ever done. But honestly, I'm a different human because of the stuff that she has put out there so go follow her and if you're not following me you can go follow me at lisa bilyeu and if you're not following women of impact you can go check us out there as well to find more of these incredible interviews thank you to p1440 for having us here on their amazing stage kerry walsh jennings oh my god you are absolutely amazing and uh yeah hopefully um you guys go check out all the stuff that they're doing here on their website and on their platform yes very cool all right peace out guys What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you do feel so inclined, it'd be great to get a rate and a review from you. That'd be awesome. That's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women. So until then, go out and be the superhero of your own life.